it's an article of faith among Sun developers and founders that anything that you do is automatically better if it's also open source. And so it's very unusual to see a open source company get traction and launch and then close its source, which seems like a rug pull. But Panther did it and it's doing absolutely fine. Initially, 2018 is when I started. We made a couple first hires. In the 2019, we just spent building. We raised the seed round to, to keep building. And then in 2020, in January, I open sourced. And we didn't really announce the open source until March because that was like our V1. And we did like a Hacker News thing. It you know, got us like 350 stars, like whatever. You know, it was just like a quick start. And in, in June is when we started to first get our first customers. And in a lot of ways, open source was the catalyst to at least a handful of our first customers. I can't say it was the catalyst to all of them, but I could say confidently that it did lead to our first couple of customers. And I don't know if we would have gotten those first customers if we didn't open source. So it's funny to look back and be like, well, you close source, like, why'd you do that? And, you know, I'll tell you why, but you know, the first year 2020 to me, it was the, truly the first year that Panther really became like a company in my opinion. 2018, 2019, we were just trying to figure out what to do. We had some validation from StreamAlert, but we still weren't quite sure what we needed to build to build a business. You know, it's a very different thing, as you know. So we finally figured out that, you know, people want to do the same sorts of things that we're doing in StreamAlert. We added a couple of other features around cloud security, vulnerability scanning and things like that to just give more quick value into the product. But we ended up open sourcing something that allowed people to write Python-based detections in the UI, push them out to their streaming logs, and then have a very rudimentary way to search data in, in a data lake using Athena. That was our V1 as well, because this was before we partnered with Snowflake, which happened later in the year. 2020 was, again, still a year of experimentation. We were still unsure if we had a business. And then on my birthday, funny enough, like we got our first two customers and that was really exciting because we were like, okay, cool. Someone's willing to pay us for this. And what we offered was, it was effectively a commercial open source business model. So you could get Panther open sourced and it had like some of the features and then you buy the Panther enterprise and it has like a historical search element. It has the quote unquote enterprise ready features like SSO, et cetera, right? Like at that time we had like maybe two of those things. It was just like so, so basic and just, we just need something to sell. And then we were also selling SaaS hosted solution as well. So those were sort of delineations of like uh, what was free and what was not free. And then we went through 2020, you know, we got our first 10 customers, some really great companies as well. And then I kind of took a look at the year and I was like, okay, we got 10 customers. Where do they all come from? Like, how did we actually end up signing them? And I think it ended up being two of them came from open source. And the reason I was even doing this was because I noticed that our engineering team was spending a huge amount of time and effort just maintaining an open source project and a closed source project. Because at the end of the day, we still had our internal like enterprise version, which a lot of commercial open source companies have. And I pinged a lot of other founders who did commercial open source models like uh, Teleport, for example, Mattermost also. And these are portfolio companies to S28 Capital, which was funded that actually helped me start Panther. And I talked to them and I was like, how do you guys do it? Like, what's the dynamic? And it's just very overly complicated, to be honest. And it adds a huge amount of overhead into the engineering team. And I looked back and I was like, well, most of our customers aren't coming from here. And the project is growing, but there's not a huge amount of contributors. It's really just us building it and putting it out there. We weren't really seeing the benefits of it being open source. In addition to, we weren't seeing contributions. So 
it wasn't like this huge thriving community like you would expect from like a Docker or a tool that's just like very small and, and very valuable in that, that sense. Like a CICD tool, for example, like that does vulnerability scans, like that's a very contained thing that can run in CI and it's, it's very easy to contribute and wrap your head around. But a platform that's doing security operations, there's so many components to it. It's very difficult to just grasp your head around the concepts. So we didn't even think it's really a great candidate for open source. Like we were using open source as a way to get it to our, our potential customers very quickly. We wanted people to get value from it immediately and then be able to say like, oh, cool. If I want to you know, buy into their, their SaaS and, and get you know, more support and you know, just really make this a mature deployment, then I'll go buy Panther. But I just made the decision. I was like, well, if we really want to build a business to where we can truly support security teams, we can build a super mature product that even higher quality than it is today, like we need to close source. And we made the decision about a year later, actually, I made the decision in January of 2021. And then we announced it in, uh, in about April, I think, March or April. And then that was it. Yeah. And I, it's so hard to believe that that was less than a year ago, to be honest, like but I don't regret that decision at all. I think it was the right decision for us as a, as a project and as a company. And it really did benefit our engineering function a lot by just being able to move faster, being more focused on what we were doing, why we were doing it. Things will continue to evolve. But because we closed sourced the platform, it doesn't mean that we closed sourced everything. So we still have a lot of things that are open source. We have a Panther analysis tool, which is like our, our command line tool that helps people push things into Panther programmatically. It allows you to do testing of the detections locally or in CI/CD. We also have a lot of our detections as open source. Actually, I think all of them are open source. And we still rely on people to, you know, contribute things back there. Our, our customers specifically, if they find something, they can just push it back. Security teams are really strapped for time. They're really strapped for resources. And in a lot of ways, open source goes against those ideas. So if you think about a team that does not have the time to invest into deploying a tool and, and nurturing it over time, like it's very unlikely that they'll be successful with it at scale. So this idea of pulling and leaning into SaaS and leaning into doing more for your customers is really what's been on my mind in the last like couple of years. And I think ultimately that's what security teams need the most. They just need to focus on security and not on like operations, deployment, updates, like a lot of these things that come with having to deploy open source. And just inordinate amount of time learning about the project, learning the ins and outs of it. But sometimes that's the benefit of open source because if you have those savvy engineers, like when the project is very complicated, like Kubernetes, for example, all I need to know is how do I just deploy this thing to run my application? The technical barrier can be really high, or the technical threshold to be successful can be very high. So it's like I would even argue that a tool like Kubernetes like doesn't get the the benefit of being open source for like at least 50% of his users, maybe more. Because they're not, at the end of the day, going to go dive into the code because they don't have time and they don't have the technical expertise. So it's like, there's always that trade-off. But there's a lot of tools that just benefit from being open source for the reason of being able to easily contribute back to it to really like benefit from understanding the underlying code of what it's doing. And also for trust. Like At the end of the day, like we want to put something out there that we feel good about. And the whole idea with open source, maybe it's not a very true idea, but people tend to think, oh, if I put my code open source, it's going to be higher quality, but that's not always the, the case, right? There's a lot of things that are great about open source. And a lot of the start of my career is based in open source. So I still have a love for it. But when I think about building a business, that's going to be sustainable over time. It's just, there's a lot of disadvantages with open source, especially in security, because it goes back to like 
not wanting to burden people with operations. And in the event of an incident, like the last thing you need is like, oh my God, how do I scale this thing? Like, oh my God, I need to update it because I don't have this feature. It's just like, we just need to wipe that away from, from anyone's mind. Like it shouldn't, it shouldn't even be a thing people worry about in my opinion. So again, our goal is to reduce the amount of the, the biggest amount of friction as possible and solve those, those challenges around operations, around flexibility, around, you know, just having the confidence to take in as much data as you need to, to do your security jobs. That's some context really around why we went closed source and, and what our journey was like there. So we wanted to touch on the, the how as well on, on how you close source, because in addition to it being a good way for folks to find out about a project and it'd be a good kind of piece of go to market, there's also a lot of awesome support that comes from having an open source project. And, and so we'd love to know how you thought about making sure there wouldn't be any negative consequences there or just making sure you can mitigate those. And then second question, why did you decide to keep the analysis tool open source? Because I imagine there's still some support required for that. Before we closed source, we basically talked to everyone using the project that we knew about. And we were like, hey, giving you a heads up. We're going to close source. If you'd love to work with us and continue to work with us, like we'd be happy to give you a discount on our enterprise SaaS version or whatever. So we, we extended that out and, and just didn't want to leave them in the dark. But you know, naturally, some people are going to be upset and you just got to, you got to move on. Not everyone's going to be happy. You know? We did put our best foot forward there and, and try to prevent that from happening. Right? We want everyone to... We wanted as many people to be happy with the decision as possible. So that's a little bit of how we ended up doing it. We did it very slowly. It took several months. So like I said, like we started doing it in January and then announced it in like April. It just took a long time. We wanted to make sure people were supported and, and okay with that. I think the analysis tool is actually a great candidate for open source because it's so small, it's so contained. And it's open source because a lot of our customers use it to do CICD. So their processes, they have detections in their own GitHub and they use the analysis tool and they pull it in with, with pip. So they'll pip install it and then they'll run it in CI. So that being open source just reduces friction. And it's a very small contained project that just benefits a lot from being open source actually. Let's talk about the pros and cons a bit because you mentioned like the huge support burdens and mm -hmm. the sort of the, the distraction and, and the customers are really trying to it's too much work for the customer to figure out how to run it at production, right? And, and operational burdens. Um, there's, but there's also the pros, I guess, why a lot of companies still remain open source all, after all these years. And it's because a lot of people want the sort of distribution or they want the users to go talk about, they want to have their own meetups and community. And, you know, if Kubernetes is not open source, you're, you're not going to see a thousand conferences and, and, and meetups about it. Is that not a priority? because security space is just a little bit different that you don't really need that much word of mouth happening? Or do you think it's just not worth it just because of all this, the reasons you talked about? My opinion is that if you have an open source project that's thriving with this community, you can build a business on top of it, but I still fundamentally believe you're gonna hit a lot of the same problems. If you look at Elastic, for example, they have as a business, a lot of challenges with the fact that Elastic's open source. One of the challenges is that people are reluctant to pay for it because it's open source. Another challenge is that the experience of Elastic varies greatly for those people because they're, they're effectively forced to learn how to run everything operationally themselves. And, and Elastic, for better or for worse, has a reputation of being unreliable for that reason, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's true. It could just mean that us as operators aren't really trained properly to get the value out of it that they designed it for. So 
because of inconsistencies with how people run code, it can really change the way they perceive that project for better or for worse. So to me as a, as a, as a founder, it's like, I don't want people to have those experiences in Panther. I'd rather us run it for them because we're the experts. We've designed the code, we understand it, and we can remove that burden from them while keeping them on the most recent version, while again, removing operational overhead. Security is one of those things that's in high demand, just in general. Security teams are traditionally understaffed. So to force them to run open source on a critical function, to me, is an anti-pattern. So maybe it's different, right? Because ops teams, and going back to the Kubernetes project, like ops teams are a requirement for every company. And security teams are as well, but there's more ops people than security people. Security is very specialized. If you actually look, look at like EKS, for example, like Elastic Kubernetes Service, why do you think that was built? It was built because Kubernetes is hard to run, right? Like it's, it's hard to deny the, the, the ops overhead challenge with open source. And it doesn't mean that open source is, is just blanket a bad thing. There's a lot of great things about open source, the, the transparency element, the security element, the trust element, the collaboration element, the community, like there's a lot of awesome things that come from it. But when we think about running business critical parts of our environment, relying on open source, in my opinion, can be an anti-pattern for that. And it can result in, in more trouble than you get from it from gain. And it really just is going to depend on the mentality of engineering leadership at the end of the day. But I will tell you that a lot of companies I've worked in migrated from running it themselves to running Elastic Services for that reason. Just because they, they can't afford, like those pros of open source do not outweigh the operational burden that comes with it. And that's the biggest challenge that I've seen. There's a lot of good that comes from it, especially in the community element of being able to get different people looking at it and the diversity of thought that results in, in that and the community elements of being able to help each other. And like, those things are great. But at the end of the day, like we're supporting businesses and businesses have to be reliable. And like those things that are mission critical, I don't think get the true benefits of open source in all cases. So I think it really just varies. There's, there's things that are mission critical that are like very heavy. And then there's things that are like very light, very useful and aren't mission critical that, you know, do benefit from open source. So it's just a trade-off. Yeah. And it, it almost sounds like at least for, for your use case, there were some benefits early on to open source around validating product market fit and validating that there were a lot of potential users and customers out there. Do you think for a lot of founders and a lot of open source based companies, it's good in the beginning to get some of the benefit of being able to validate a problem and the potential market and get some community adoption, but then closed source, like I'm trying to distill for other founders where it could benefit most often to open source and, and then where it get, can get tricky. And we've seen this with a lot of companies where they'll start off open source, but then they'll have closed source products on top of that. So it just doesn't seem like there's a lot of consistencies. My advice broadly is just decide one way or the other. If you want to do commercial open source, go all in on it. If you're not comfortable, then just go all in on SaaS. And I'm biased now that I've gone through the journey. I, my thought now is like SaaS is just the way forward in, in general. And if you build a great SaaS that is easy to adopt, then you'll be successful. But I think honing in on the easy to adopt part is probably the key here. The one thing with open source that's very nice is that it's very low friction in the beginning, right? Not in the long term, not, not in the total cost of ownership. It's not. But in the beginning, if an engineer is like, oh, this looks really cool. I want to just deploy it. I don't want to talk to a salesperson. It's great for that. 
However, if they never talk to the salesperson, then the business is going to die, right? Like you're never going to get those leads. They're going to be self-sufficient. That's something that I know that other commercial open source companies have dealt with, right? They have to battle with their open source community to to make money and survive. And at the end of the day, they're the ones contributing over 90% to those, to these projects. So it's, it's this weird sort of like double-edged sword. It's really hard. I mean, there's no right answer. You know, you have to do whatever you can to build that early trust. And if doing open source in the beginning helps with that, like that's great. And if you want to maintain that over time, that's also great. But it's a very non-trivial amount of work to maintain. You have to have DevRel people. You have to really dedicate resources to nurture that environment. And if you don't have that experience and you don't have the resources to do it, it's probably not going to be successful over, over time. So my advice is just like, be very intentional, which one you're going to do. Like if you really want to do commercial open source forever and you feel very strongly about it, then lean into it, but realize you're going to have to hire a team that that's just dedicated to it. I'm just biased now because I've gone through it. And to me, it's like SaaS is the way that we're really going to build a sustainable business and the way that like teams really should be using our tool. It's the same reason that Snowflake doesn't offer like a local version, you know, they went all in on SaaS and they're like, if you don't want to use SaaS, that's fine. We'll see you again in five years when you change your mind. But we know that everyone's going this way and you just got to catch up. It's just the intentionality of it. If you want to build a business that is successful, you have to have, you have to have a good market. Obviously you have to have a good product and you have to have a good team. And part of that market pull is people being willing to pay for it. That's at the end of the day, the, the basis of your business. So that last mention of Snowflake is also super interesting. There's so many companies that just never bothered to open source and then they just became successful the old fashioned way and no one complains. It's just that when you change the status from open to closed, that is something that people tend to have a problem with. 